If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Vacation Rental Success. It's an absolute pleasure to have you with me once again. And as you listen to this, I will be in Europe. I'll be visiting UK for a few days and then jetting off to the northwest of Germany to attend my eldest son's wedding, which is going to be fantastic. And then finally, we are going to Cyprus for a week, uh, something I've been looking forward to for so many years. So uh, it's possible that while you're listening to this, I've got my feet up in front of the, right, right by the pool and dipping my toes in the water and contemplating heading out for a kebab in the evening. Just can't wait. So my guest today is Evelyn Badia, and she is an Airbnb super host. And I've had Airbnb hosts on before, but mostly they have been involved in whole home rental, meaning they rent their vacation property um, full time. They're not there with their guests. Well, Evelyn's operation is a little bit different. It's sort of the traditional side of Airbnb where she actually rents out a room rooms in her home. She also has a, a two-bedroom apartment in the same uh, in the same property. So she's essentially on site for those guests as well. And and I really wanted to talk to Evelyn and and find out, you know, the, what are the differences? Um, what are the similarities between renting out a room and and renting out a whole home? You know, what uh, what insights does she have into the guest experience that the majority of vacation rental home owners don't have because they don't have that intimate connection with their guests that uh, the Evelyn experiences. So without further ado, let's move on over to the interview with Evelyn Badia. I am so delighted to have with me today Evelyn Badia, who hails from Brooklyn. Is that oh, now? Right. Now tell me, Brooklyn, New York, Brooklyn, New Jersey. I'm I am woefully ignorant about your wonderful part of the world. Heather, first of all, thank you so much for having <laughs> me here. It is such a pleasure, and I am coming from Brooklyn, New York. And come on, Brooklyn is so cool nowadays. We, we're almost like our own country. We're better than Manhattan nowadays. It's sort of like people want to come to Brooklyn. I'm, I'm such a country girl, you see. I, you know, if I, if I tiptoe into Toronto, it's just a little bit overwhelming. And the thought of going to New York is just, uh, just blows me away a bit. But one day, one day, and now I know where to come and stay where I, when I do come. You're an Airbnb host, and this is probably the uh, it's not the first time we've had an Airbnb host on on the Vacation Rental Success podcast, but I think the first time we've had a traditional Airbnb host, you know, who, who you actually share your home with other people. I mean, there's plenty of Airbnb hosts out there who do what every other vacation rental owner does, which is manage their property remotely. 
Um, they, they sometimes meet their guests. Very often they don't. Um, but this is the first time. This is a first, you are a first timer here, which oh is, which Look I, at- <laughs> Look at that. I'm always great to be the first one. <laughs> well, I don't, and I just want to know, and I'm sure my audience wants to know all about this. So let's, let's kick off and just, you know, tell me about the property itself and, and how you actually got into Airbnb in the first place. All right. So I live in a very small two family home in Brooklyn. It's not a brownstone. I, I was not able to afford a brownstone when I bought my house. Um, but nonetheless, it's still a two-family home. It's it's a very working-class uh, but very expensive neighborhood uh, called Park Slope. And I bought it way before Airbnb. I bought about it's been twelve years now this summer. And I had the house, and I worked in a traditional business as a producer for TV commercials. And when in twenty ten the economy shifted, as I like to call it, um, my job went with it. And I wanted to, I was sort of like, okay, I, I had enough savings because I've always been a freelancer. I've been a freelancer always since I was 25 and I'm not 25 anymore. And I was sort of like, okay, what do I do now? I never have stayed I even at an Airbnb, at a bed and breakfast, forget Airbnb. And I remember a friend of mine telling me, why don't you just rent out your house? And I, it's a two family. So one of the apartments was rented with the long-term tenant. I had a roommate with my part of the house, but nonetheless, I was like, oh my God, I'm, I need to move from home and where am I going to go? I still need to pay rent somewhere and I'm too old to move in with my parents. That's kind of crazy talk. And I actually had someone come in and look at the house to rent it and it broke my heart. Um, <laughs> I, you know how it is. I mean, I, I don't know how it was for you guys in 2010 and, you know, 28, 2008 to 2009. But it was such heart-wrenching times where you're like, I have not done anything wrong. I've played by the rules of the game. And here I am affected by all of this, like other people. And by that time, I had not worked for six months, which is a long time. And I had savings, so thank God I kept pulling money out. But you're like, okay, it's not going the other way. And I found an article about Airbnb in the New York Times. And I posted photos. And immediately I had someone contact me and I was like, wait, 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 it's too soon. I'm not ready yet because I was renting my bedroom Mm -hmm. and I actually moved out of my house for a few months and gave up my bed and my bedroom. And my first guest, his name was Ed and he was a professor of innovation from Amsterdam. You always remember your first. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how I started with Airbnb. So it's been now six years and I continue producing and working on commercials and things like that for a few more years. But the industry changed a lot in New York and especially I worked in the multicultural business. So that kind of went away to different parts of the the United States. And I've been hosting fully and completely for a while now. This is how I make a living. I, I love I love that story. I you know that that's that's just great. It's uh, sort of organically getting into the into the business, and and it's now supporting you, which is fantastic. But you operate the traditional Airbnb model of house sharing, um, which is different from the remote operations that many vacation rental owners are familiar with. What uh, what is it about that that uh, that that you like the most? 
okay, so I live with strangers. Mm. <laughs> and you're basically on 24-7. It's not like you could take off your time and go home from work. But what I like about it is you are really part of their life. Um, I've had people get dressed here for weddings. I actually had a wedding in my house. <laughs> I've had, yeah, I did. And actually it was during a hurricane, so they got married in my kitchen. But <laughs> <laughs> things happen. Um, and I still have relationships and friendships with some of my home, some of my guests. They come back every year. I get a lot of grandparents. Who, I love grandparents because they're so happy to have grandpa, grand, you know, baby love without <laughs> staying with their family. Um, but it, it, it is a very peculiar lifestyle. It is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, so what's the difference between doing this and the, the sort of bed and breakfast? But, I mean, bed and breakfast has been around for, for years and years and years and years. So what makes this different? Well, I, first of all, I don't make breakfast. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> that, that's the first thing. That's a good difference. Yes. So, so it's sort of like a bed and you make your own breakfast. You, so you're welcome to use the kitchen and you're welcome to do anything you want. But I see it more as a temporary roommate. Mm-hmm. You're here for a very short period of time or, you know, my the most I like, it's 20 days and that's way too much. But it, it's just a little bit different. I think you're more involved with your guests than it's a traditional bed and breakfast. Mm-hmm. You, I, I, I ended up staying at a bed and breakfast after I became a host. And you had a separate room and the person, the host had a separate part of the house that was not connected. Not here. You're bumping into each other in the bathrooms. You know, I mean, I have robes for guests for a reason because it's like, dude, put on some clothes. <laughs> I don't want to see you in your undies walking around. Um, so you really cannot hide away from your guest. Yeah. So, so it must a- attract a certain type of person. Um, you know, it's, it's a person that's not going into a hotel or they're not going to traditional vacation rental. They're coming because they, they, they want that experience of, of living with a local. Yes, they do. And well, it's, it's a little bit, oh, it's a couple of folds. First of all, it's a lot cheaper Mm -hmm. than than staying at a hotel. Um, my space here, the share space starts at about a hundred dollars a night per person and they get a private bedroom, a private living room. They have their own entrance. Um, my part of the house has a backyard, and they can use the kitchen. And you really cannot get that, in, you know, in a traditional hotel. So you have the insights of a local host, but you also get to do your own thing. So you know, it's not like you have to come in at a certain time and there's a curfew. But mm-hmm. it all depends on the host. The host will set the rules of the game and how they want to do that business. So, so that gets me on to my next question, really, because I've seen, you know, I've looked at a lot of your um, your reviews, and you have a lot of reviews. So, so just tell me first of all, how how many rentals have you done? Well, I do. It's about a hundred people a year mm. that come through between both listings. Um, so the house has a private apartment, and that one is also a. Uh, on Airbnb. So that's the, your more traditional vacation mm-hmm. rental, which is separate, but I'm still in the same house. Yeah. So if they have any questions, they just knock on my door or they ring the bell. So it's very easy for them to have someone available. Um, so I think about a hundred people uh, a year or so. It's, it's a long, it's a, it's a lot. Uh, so, 
so the, that that is a lot. And you know, going through your reviews, there are so many that have complimented you on the way you communicate with them. Often they've said, you know, that it was before their stay, how important it was that you know how how the the how they valued that communication before their stay. Uh, they they love when they get there and the communication that they have with you when you're there and the welcome, your, your manual that you provide. And then um, people have said after their stay, you're still communicating with them. What it What is it that you do in that communication to make them feel so comfortable and at home? And I am guessing as well that this is to your benefit as well as to theirs. It is. And I think part of it is if you ever stayed at an Airbnb as a guest, you will realize how much, how important it is for your guests not to be confused and for you to answer the questions before they even know they have a question. Mm-hmm. So I have created templates on my communications with the guest where it's sort of like once a booking happens, I send them a bunch of links. If they're tourists, I send them a bunch of local links of what to do and where to go and things like that. And the car service company that I recommend and all this information that you don't even think about, but that a guest will need closer to the reservation, but I send it ahead of time. And then about 10 days before arrival, I send them another email, a little bit more doctor, but with the same information saying, hey, this is what you're going to get. You don't have to bring towels or sheets or mm-hmm. anything like that. This is what you have in your house. Because people are on vacation and they're not going to be digging digitally through papers or, or, you know, answers, questions that they have. And it's like, all right, I'm, I'm landing this time. So I request flight information and not only flight information, but are they taking the train or are they taking the car service? Cause that impacts on what time they're arriving. Mm-hmm. If they're arriving in the middle of the night, I have a procedure for them. So I have a lockbox so that I don't have to stay up, but I, I'm we're always working, thinking about how can I make the guests stay the best? I am responsible for someone's vacation. Yeah. And I take that very seriously. It is an honor for someone to decide to stay in my home. It's, it's whether, whether it's a vacation or they come. I have get a lot of guests that come for weddings or they come for graduations or they've even come for funerals. Mm-hmm. Right now I have guests that are here because their daughter is launching a book. Yeah. And they needed a place to go and get a cake. So in my house manual, I have bakeries. So, <laughs> so you're not asking me questions, but I have bakeries and I'll have where you could go get your nails done if you want to do that. Because sometimes you didn't have time back at home. So it's, it's about answering questions and just making their entry so smooth. So I'm, I'm guessing that, you know, along the way you, you learn. It's, it's, it's this transitional thing, isn't it? Every time you get a question that the answer to that goes in the communication that you send out the next time because you know that there is no point in reinventing the wheel if they've already if they if somebody's asked it somebody else is going to ask it exactly and look at the beginning with Ed my first guest I didn't even have a coffee maker <laughs> <laughs> I didn't drink coffee back then so I was like I don't need it and now it's like look whether you use it or you don't use it it's not about you mm-hmm. and I have written about this because it's like it's not about you as a host you might, I don't use washcloths, but that doesn't mean that I don't provide them for guests. So, so it's about that. Yeah, it's, it's funny you should say that because we had a discussion with, um, 
with an owner just recently who, I mean, we majority of our properties are way out in the country and, and we've been encouraging all our, we, cause I run a rental management agency. So we have around 200 properties and, and each one of them is completely individual. But one thing I say that, you know, you really should supply is Wi-Fi. Everybody yeah. wants to be connected. And, and it's amazing how many times I speak to owners who say, no, they, I'm not putting Wi-Fi in. When they come to the country, they should be outside in, they should be outside enjoying the sunshine and the water. And I've, and you know, my stock reply is, you know, we aren't here to judge how people enjoy their vacation time. You know, if they want to come and go to bed for a week, that's absolutely fine. If they want to sit and play computer games for a week, that's absolutely fine. It's the way they enjoy their vacation time, not the way you dictate that they do it. So, yeah. Very I'm... true. Very true. And and it happened to me. I, I also consult on people sending off their Airbnbs and I, and I went shopping with a, a client of mine. And I'm like, okay, here you need an air dryer and you need an iron. And she was like, it's a beach house. <laughs> and I'm like, you might not blow your hair, but another person will. And they might want to not have wrinkles when they go out to dinner. So please, you know, and it was such a big deal that I was like, look, I'll give it to you as a housewarming gift. <laughs> but you have to have this. And she refused to buy it. It was sort of like, no, no, I, I will not. And I'm like, it's not for you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, at your house. <laughs> I I have the same argument when I say to, say to my owners, you need an ironing board and an iron. I mean, we had this discussion before we started the recording that I'm an ironing type of person, and you know, I still iron my uh, you know pillowcases and the tops of my sheets, and just to make sure everything looks looks great. But for a for a vacation rental, why would they need an iron? People say, and you exactly that. They 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 may be going to a wedding. They may be going to some other event and they've arrived with everything crumpled up in a suitcase. Of course they need an iron. So, and, and you know what it is? It's also, even if they don't use it, the thought that is there, that you, you as a host or as a vacation rental owner, you thought of their needs. And yeah. it's, it's about abundance and it's about having um, and believe me, we just had a huge discussion about toilet paper <laughs> in my Facebook group. We were just like people were like the, the, the things we talk about, like, you know, there, there's a couple of hosts that there's a lot of hosts that do the traditional vacation rental. And they're like, well, I only leave them whatever I have, you know, toilet paper on the roll and maybe one or two. And I'm like, no, people, for the love of God. The worst thing is you run out of toilet paper, <laughs> you know, and you're like, and sometimes you don't even know where the store is at. Yeah. It's um, not that thinking. I, I know. And I had an email from, from an owner, this one of our, my owners this morning who, who is not, may, may not be an owner for, for long, um, who said he, he supplies two rolls of toilet paper. That's it for a family, for a, a property that sleeps seven people. And that's it, because I'm not going to supply any more because they'll use it. Well, of course they will. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It is really amazing. It's really amazing. And it's, it's amazing our own thinking, you know, because it has to do with scarcity and not providing or you're being taken advantage of yes. instead yeah. of being like, hey, I am here to take care of your vacation. 
and you will know <laughs> that there will be enough toilet paper that you will not run out <laughs> before anything happens. So yes, it's, it's really hard. Um, the one thing I wanted to touch back with you in reference of you were stating about whether they want to stay home the whole vacation or just watch computer programs. If they are in an Airbnb house and sharing with their guest, I don't want that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> how do how, well, I, I can understand that. You know, you, you're, you're in a, an area where you expect them to come and go out all day. But- and mind you, and I've had guests wanting to stay like I had a guest she never left the house she stayed in the backyard and she was just here and even though they have their own private space and they have a living room so but I'm like there's someone else in the house I work from home I don't want anyone else here I want you to get up in the morning have your breakfast and come back at night and tell me of your adventures you know or or something like that but so I within my communication and on my description Mm -hmm. I'm very clear that I work from home. My preference are guests that are out and about discovering New York. You know, so it's a gentle way of saying, please leave my house. <laughs> yes, and, 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 but it all comes down to that communication beforehand to, to, set your, to set everybody's expectations. Exactly. One of the things, um, a client of mine right now has had a couple of issues where he, his guests think that they're renting their entire apartment. Mm-hmm. And what happens is they don't read the description. People do not read. Yeah. That is a proven fact. You do not read. I have done it as a guest where I like glance and skim through a couple of listings that I booked. And I was like, oh, wait, let me read that a little bit deeper. Um, and one of the things I do is on that email 10 days before arrival, I reinforce how many people they have. And if it's a shared space, I also communicate that even on their inquiry. Even though it's in the description and it's everywhere, mm-hmm. I still say, hey, thank you for inquiry. I'm so glad that you're interested. I just want to make sure that you know I live here. This is a shared space. And it doesn't really, it's just a sentence. It doesn't take anything away from me. And I'm not putting it in all my guests that they read. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say, you did not read the, the description, <laughs> but I'm going to reinforce this point. I live here, and you're sharing with me. <laughs> yes, because I, I, yeah, I can imagine that somebody arrives and, uh, and hasn't read <laughs> that it's a shared space. That could be quite a surprise. And just going back, you mentioned your Facebook group, and uh, I just want to make sure that we get out that um, the Facebook group is called The Hosting Journey. And it's one of the most active Facebook groups that I've seen for for hosting. And what I like is that there are, you know, there's there's no, it, it's not cliquey. There's no backbiting. It's a really nice, friendly group with with people f- from both the shared home um, community and the traditional vacation rental community are just all interacting in there. Um, I just noticed that Tammy Sims is um, come on as an admin. Yes, she did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of it's so great to have a community. Um, and the Facebook group happened. We did a uh, spring clean your Airbnb challenge, and then from there, the hosting journey Facebook group was born. And it's a place for people to just talk yeah. from toilet paper to stain sheets and towels because. Our friends do not want to hear it one more time. 
<laughs> I, I I love it. I just um just the it, it's just been really interesting for me to to actually see all the the issues that the the shared property hosts are talking about because they are actually mostly the same as as we're all experiencing. It's just that you're experiencing right there. Yes, it is the same. And, you know, we do have other issues, um, especially about safety. If you are women that you're sharing and you're single by yourself, um, you have to make sure that there's some safety issues. And we do talk about it as well. Mm -hmm. But I do like to keep it where we are talking and it's not just Airbnb, but that, you know, it's the reality. All of these topics go back and forth with each one of us. Um, the one thing that we also talk about is the legality and what is happening because I think vacation rental industry is going to be affected just because of this whole Airbnb issue mm-hmm. brought up and it has expanded the business so much that all the cities are noticing and all the cities want to do something about it. Yeah, we're seeing that in Toronto now and and it is impacting out into the rural areas as well that really haven't you know, we've all just been operating in our little vacuum way out in the in the in the countryside, um, but we're now seeing those those vibes of of regulations and licensing just coming out into those communities as well. So it isn't just in the cities; it really is is spreading out. At the um, we had a a conference in Toronto in May, um, the Vacation Rental Success Summit and. Um, Matt Curtis came from home away and did a great presentation about about regulations and you know certainly he was talking about New York he was talking about Seattle and and you know just everywhere really Santa Monica the places that mm-hmm. that have um, have really clamped down on on Airbnb um, I mean they use the term Airbnb because that's what most people know now but of course it imp- as you say it impacts absolutely everybody that is is in this vacation rental space yes and you know and and i don't think they thought that it will impact them the way that it's going to and i don't think this is the end of it i think we're literally in the beginning of what is happening because right now even elizabeth warden the states um mm-hmm. has written about this and when you see the federal government getting involved in home sharing it's sort of like you're like okay this is bad but I have been a very much advocate and I've spoken at the city councils and state legislators and the state assembly. I've, they love my story. You know, Airbnb is like, oh, the sad story of the, you know, the women that made it and the big bad wolves want to come down on her. <laughs> so I have been really upfront. Uh, and because I am legal, according to the state and the city, I am, I've been willing to tell my story and to talk to the press, but it is a big issue because you have even towns that like far out in Long Island, which is sort of like a beach town where they are implementing different laws now where it's sort of like, no, you could only rent for a minimum of 14 days. Mm -hmm. So, but if you were renting only on the weekends, now you're affected and we are going to be affected by all these laws. It's not just going to be the big cities, but I think like, I believe now Anaheim, in California, just passed a law that they forbid mm-hmm. short-term rentals, and you know there's so much stuff happening. Yet, yet you go somewhere in, into Arizona, where now they've lifted the regulations against home rental. So wow. you know, for, for for years you could not rent out a property in Sedona uh, for less than thirty days, 
and mm. and the statewide um i don't know what they call it the statewide act that has uh, has just been signed into the legislature um just last month i think lifted those bans so it's it's interesting to see that there is a state that's that's gone the other way that has oh, said wow. you know you that, that there is there is no legality in restricting this um oh, wow. providing providing licensing is followed and i i mean certainly we i'm i'm sure you don't have any issue with with licensing with fair and reasonable um ways of of pulling bringing everybody into line and making sure they pay their taxes and and any licensing fees there is nothing wrong with that but just these blanket bans is just uh it, it's, it is it's it a is. not it's a it's a nimby um it's a nimby thing not in my backyard and and it will happen everywhere it's it's not going to be restricted to any one city yeah, yeah. And and look, and right now New York is actually trying to pass a law, and let me rephrase that. They passed the law, they're waiting for a signature from the governor, where you will be fine if you advertise on Airbnb or any site like that, if you are an illegal host, yeah. which is basically if you rent the entire apartment on a Class A multiple dwelling. Um, but yeah, it's it's sort of like that whole thing. It's like, what are the rules? Please tell us. We will follow them if you tell me what is it that I have to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, don't make it impossible for us to do business. Yeah. Well, it's great that you you are an advocate for uh, for other hosts, and uh, I'm, I'm sure having having only known you for about forty five minutes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you are a very um a very effective advocate for Airbnb hosts. Um well the thing is this though I do see the other side of the coin. Yeah. I do see where they're coming from because what happened was you had hosts who bought or rented 10 20 apartments in a city and they never lived in them and they just did Airbnb and you eliminated housing or you eliminated yeah. the the feeling of you know this is Look, I live in my home. My mm-hmm. neighbors know that I do Airbnb. They use my house for their family members. So, you know, it's a different thing that you having 10 or 20 apartments in a city yeah. when you're not part of that community. Yes, I, and I, I, cert, I, I see the other side too. And I was, I was talking about this with, um, with, with somebody else the other day saying it, if, if you're in a, a community where there are schools and where there are where all your children go play in the playgrounds and then one by one all the properties become vacant in the low season there's nobody there for your kids to play with and then when holiday time comes around it's just a constant change um so so you know there, there is definitely something there so i i don't know where that middle ground is going to come um but so uh, you know, change change happens all the time, and you know we're we're seeing what's happening in in Toronto with um with with the cab drivers and Uber, and uh, over time they're going to come to some mutual agreement that they can hope, work together. And I hope sooner rather than later. <laughs> so getting back, getting back yes. to your. Um, your operation here, you've probably ha- really had your share of difficult guests. And um, I just, you know, we all love to hear the stories. <laughs> you know, I call 
the guests that you love and the ones that you love to see go. <laughs> <laughs> I have had my share of those that you like. And, and I keep notes on all my guests. Mm-hmm. That's something that I recommend to every single host, even if they just rent five times a year. Because people will come back and you're like, did I like this person? <laughs> or were they messy or anything like that? But yes, I have had my, my share of like guests that you're like, no, I don't ever want to share with you again. <laughs> but it is a great thing that sets boundaries. Um, you have to be very clear about your house rules, which is huge. And, and I always cringe whenever I see a house description of house rules of like, oh, have fun or treat my house like you treat yours. It's like, yeah, no, that's not a house rule. <laughs> <laughs> You you were asking for an orgy, girl. <laughs> so so, what's a better house rule? What was what, what what's the one that you would have instead? Well, what I have right now is basically I don't allow pets, mm-hmm. even though I do. But you have to ask me, and and it's very on a case by case um guest. Uh, I don't allow uh, pets. I don't allow smoking. I don't allow illegal activities. Because you could go from downloading illegal stuff to smoking and mm-hmm. one is not legal in New York. Um, I request outside visitors if they're going to spend the night to let me know. Mm-hmm. So especially the space that shares with me. And this happened to me at the beginning of my hosting live. I had a, a young girl who had a little bit of a she was drinking a little bit, enjoying really her vacation a lot. And she went out and I said to her, just don't bring anybody home. I'm not saying you could go to their house. Just don't bring them home. I do not want to bump into a stranger in the bathroom. It's like, no. And she did. She brought someone home. And she's younger than me, so I made her cry. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. All I said was, I'm disappointed. <laughs> You don't have to be angry. You just have to be disappointed in their behavior. So it's, it, you start learning what you want. Like some guests are, some hosts are like, we don't allow people to use the kitchen or to use the kitchen after a certain time. So it depends on who you are and you start changing through the time. But there's some things that you have to sit down as a guest, as a host and think like, do I want this? Mm-hmm. Is this something that I allow? Um, for example, I have a lot of grandparents that come, but so for me, it's like, yes, you could come and bring your grandchild to the house. And sometimes I even say, yes, you could, they could spend the night. It's okay. You, you, you're doing a family time. It's, it's all right. While some hosts are like, you cannot, you're not allowed to bring anyone into the house, Mm -hmm. whether it's a friend or you want to show off your space, they don't allow it. And I'm not like that. I'm a little bit more like, Hey, you're on vacation. It's okay. Well, I think that brings it all back to to the whole issue of hospitality. Yes, doesn't it? That um, be, you know, and what being hospitable actually means, and and if that means you know sharing your space a little bit more than um, you know on a case by case basis, I guess. But setting the rule, you know, to to me, setting that sort of rule that you may not have, um. And unless people know beforehand that they they can't have anybody else, because I know in in our properties, um, all our properties are insured. They're insu- mm-hmm. and and some of the insurance companies are very restrictive on occupancy. So they will say, you know, this property can occupy up to six people, four adults, 
couple of additional children. But after that, we're voiding the insurance. You know, if if the house goes up in flames and you've got 10 people there, then don't expect that you're going to have any claim on the insurance. Wow. Yeah. Um. So so we have to be, pre- you know, we, every one of our owners has got a different insurance policy and we don't go to everyone. So we just simply say, this is the occupancy. We don't go above it. Um. And and in some, it's even with day visitors. You cannot, but they know this beforehand. Yes. So before they book, they it's very plain and clear that this is the occupancy. You can't exceed it. Um, and hopefully they read that. <laughs> so, we, and we, 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 do, we do what you do. We, 10 days before they come, we just remind them how many they've got on their, their, their guest list and and just remind them of the the their obligations under their rental agreement. So, you know, and and for some it makes absolutely no difference whatsoever. And yes, yeah, and look, and some of some I mean, and look, it, this doesn't happen to me here in my house because I live here, so I know who's coming and going. Um, but you know, if you have a remote location or you're not living in the same house, and they're doing you're doing a, this vacation rental some some get hosts have decided to put cameras on their entrances mm-hmm. pointing to the outdoors yeah but that you have an idea of how many people are coming in or if they're bringing in a pet and it's a pet free zone and things like that because people try to get over um and there was a particular host who said the camera i don't know if i prefer being ignorant because <laughs> 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 i didn't know what they were doing um, so, but he said, look, the cameras have paid tenfold because I'll, I'll immediately contact the guests and say, your, your reservation was for four, not for six and, and all this other stuff. Yeah. I, so. I actually did that to, um, to a guest today. Um, you know, we, we, we heard that there were significantly more people at the property. You know, neighbors, we, we, we live in communities where neighbors are very, very close. You know, some of them have been living, you know, have been using these as vacation homes for years and years and years. So along comes somebody who rents it out and the neighbors are just, I mean, they're not, I mean, in England, we'd call it curtain twitching. Mm. You know, they're, they're not out there doing, <laughs> doing <laughs> peering around the corner, but they do hear noise and they see cars. So so I had to contact a, a guest today and say it's been brought to my attention that there are more people at the property than there are listed on the rental agreement. And I need your confirmation that those those guests have now left and you won't exceed this in the future. So I'm just waiting to hear the response now. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. And they wonder as a guest, do you feel like, oh, I just got found out or something <laughs> like that? But it's like, Come on, people! You rented for six. You didn't rent for ten. That's you know? right. That's right. So, what what is it about this 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 business that um, that makes you want to continue? Is it is it just the you know the different people coming in or what? I do love the different people that has come through my home. It's I've I I gotten a good uh, this year has been a lot of Chinese guests. I don't know, but. That's, that's what I'm getting a lot of, and I get a lot of Americans. But it's also like the diverse of from jobs to beliefs mm-hmm. to who they are, and you, it expands your horizon, and especially when you're sharing with them. Um, so, so it's sort of like that whole idea of having strangers that you're sharing your life with. 
and for the most part, they're all good. Mm-hmm. They're all good. Um, even the bad ones teach you a good lesson. So, so when you're doing your consultancy with new Airbnb hosts, what are what are the what are the top things that you want to to tell them or warn them about or tell them that they need to be um, they they need to be aware of? Well, the big thing that I do say is about house rules. Mm-hmm. Make sure that they clear and you know the whole like oh to my home. It's just like yes, no, that doesn't go well. Um, to have a clear description, to have clear expectations, um, to have a plan B of what happens. You know what happens, especially because it is your home. Um, and this is happening with a couple of my <laughs> my clients. They don't want to lo- lower their prices. They prefer to stay vacant. And I'm like, yeah, but if it's vacant, it's costing you money. Yeah. So you need to think about your finances. Because what happens with as an Airbnb host, you start making money immediately. Like you put up your house and if you're competitive pricing, um, Airbnb is sort of like an online dating <laughs> site that will put up your profile quickly so that you get bites and you get mm-hmm. like all enthusiastic and you're like, oh my God, I love this. <laughs> Um, and then you're like, well, yeah, I'm going to inch up my prices a little bit more because I have 10 reviews and blah, blah, blah. But then it's like, there's so much competition happening right now that it's like, you have to have a strategy of where you said that you want to go. And Airbnb has become that part-time bartending job you had in college. Now it's just, I'm so sorry. Um, now you just have it as a, an adult. It's that job that you have as an adult. Yeah. And, and the surprising thing, and I don't think Airbnb realized this, was how many baby boomers are using Airbnb as hosts and as guests. Because mm-hmm. in their conference, in their last conference, their average age was 48. In their first conference, the average age was 44. So it's really interesting for me, the thinking like, look, it's not the millennials. It's us, us, the older generations that are using Airbnb and doing Airbnb. Mm-hmm. That that is that is so great, and I I have such admiration for you for for doing this. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure that I um of of that. Um, I don't think I'm tolerant enough to have people coming in and out of my house all the time. You have to be a very special person to do this. Tell me, Evelyn, what um. We, we, we sort of touched on um, all the different um, apps and other things that have come on the market to help Airbnb hosts operate their businesses effectively. Do you have a couple that you, you'd recommend? Well, I am a firm believer of Google Drive. Mm-hmm. I, I use Google for everything in reference of my Airbnb. I keep all my templates there. I keep my um, all my spreadsheets of monies and things like that there. Um, in reference of apps, I also use Properly, which is Alex's um, app. I normally do, because I'm in the house, I'm, I'm the one that does the turnover, but I travel and I, mm-hmm. and I go away as well. So I need to make sure that my house rules and my house, the way it gets clean, gets done the way I like it. That's the reason why we're super host. Um, so I use Properly as well. I don't, I'm, I am an old timer. So I actually created my own house manual template, which I actually sell on my website. Cause, and I know there's a lot of sites out there that are offering house manuals that are digital. 
But I think there's something on paper that you always want. And, you know, digital is great until the Wi-Fi is down. <laughs> you know? I, I'm completely with you on that. Because when I, if I go to a vacation rental, um, once I've unpacked, the first thing we do, you get a drink, you sit down, and you get the book out. Let's have a look. Let's see what they say. Um, and, and, you know, it gives you the flavor of the host and, and the area. And if they've really done it well, then it's, it's your, it's your travel book for the, for the next, you know, for, for the next few days or however long you're there. So yes. I'll, I'll have a link obviously on the, on the show notes to your website, um, and where, where people can have a look at your house manual template and, uh, download it if, if they wish. Yes, and you also, I, I haven't been to your workshops. I'm going to have you do a number of um, webinars. Matt Landau tells me that he's, he's attended <laughs> your workshops and, <laughs> and, and really loves the way that you deliver them. So thank you, thank you. Uh, I actually do once a month. Yes. Once a month, a different topic. Um, this month is going to be about your reviews. Yeah. And it's just more than words on a page. It's sort of like how do you pull data from your reviews to use on your listing and description and even how bad reviews help you out as a host. Okay. Well, make sure I'll make sure that we have links to that too. So our, ti our time is pretty much coming up now. Um, it's been an absolutely fantastic to, to talk to you. Um, I just really want to meet you in person. <laughs> <laughs> Come to New York. Come on, Toronto's not that far. Oh, oh, get get into the urban area. <laughs> look, look, Brooklyn. We don't have sirens, and we don't have the the. It's really a nice neighborhood over here. You have to come to. You know, it's not as clean as Toronto. I will say that, but you know, <laughs> or at least I'll go to. It will be my excuse to go to Canada. <laughs> well, yes, yes. Come to the Vacation Rental Summit Success Summit next May. We'll exactly. We should exactly. meet there. <laughs> exactly. Hey, look, I'm hoping to be speaking this year again at the Airbnb conference. I was one of their host educators last year. Um, so I'm hoping to be like my, my application is in. So, yes. So yes. Where, where, whereabouts is that and when? Um, this year, the Airbnb Open is in Los Angeles and it's November 17, 18. I oh, think. wow. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be in L.A. Um, I think they're expecting about 5,000 people. That's that's astonishing <laughs> well that's what they had in paris last yes year, which was like five thousand hosts and it was so amazing like all of us there is like wow and it was great teaching i love i love the the concept of teaching people how to be better hosts excellent excellent well yeah hopefully we'll we'll see you in toronto next year um when alex and tammy were were there this year they they were fantastic and um we've invited them back for sure next year so we'll make sure we have a spot open for you too so it'll be a pleasure so it's been it's been it's been great i've learned actually so much in this in this short conversation we've had um i know my my sister in fact is is just renovating her home <laughs> And she, she, she's been talking about Airbnb and she's been asking me about it. You know, how, how does it work? And I'm going, oh, do you know, I really don't know. You know, because <laughs> she said, I don't really want to be doing breakfast every day. And I said, but I don't think the Airbnb model does not mean, it, it means you don't have to do breakfast. You don't, not at all. You do whatever you want. Yeah. 
It's, it's self-freedom. It's like, yep, no, I don't have to do it. Now, let me ask you a question, Heather. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this on you. Are the properties that you have not on Airbnb then? No. No, be, um, reason reason being is 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 just the nature of of where they are and and how our business works. Um, just we're we're in an area called Cottage Country, about two to four hours north of Toronto. It's it's a very traditional market. Ninety um, percent of our guests come out of Toronto. Um, we know how to capture them, and at the moment, it's that they're not though that that demographic is not going to to Airbnb to look for that type of accommodation. But it's, you know, something we'll be looking at in the future because I know, you know, we, we've been approached by Airbnb about putting our properties on there and it may be something we'll do in the future. But uh, it, yeah, it I just, mean, the beauty of it is not costing you anything. Yeah, it just doesn't fit the demographic at the minute. And uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so anyway, anyway, I just, um, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And, uh, and, yeah, I hope we will meet again or, or meet again. I mean, we're, see, people are listening to this. They don't realize that you and I are on video and can see each other. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can barely see me. I'm, I'm in darkness. Yes, Heather, it has been a pleasure being here. Thank you so much. And really, thank you for doing this. You do an amazing work for the community. Thank you so much. So that was fantastic. It was really great conversation. I learned so much about Airbnb and about shared, you know, having people in the home, about shared hosting. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Evelyn, for, for sharing so much and for just really sharing all, for being so, so open with your experiences and with your passion and enthusiasm that uh, that's what shines through and i i can i can see how you know these 100 people a year are are being influenced by you they they're coming and staying in your home they're having an amazing experience and they're going to go away and and share that with everybody else so you're a shining example evelyn of of an airbnb super host and i really do look forward to meeting you so that's it for another week of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. As ever, um, if you've got any comments on this, if you are an Airbnb host and you're listening to Vacation Rental Success Podcast for the first time, just come to the show notes and let me know. Um, write down in the comments what, what you think and if you're going to hang around and listen to some more. Um, and you can always email me at heather at cottageblogger.com. And um, Evelyn tell, is telling me that uh, she will soon have a new website and I will be putting the details of that on the show notes. So as, as ever, thank you so much for joining me once again and I'll look forward to being with you again very soon. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.